Grimlings, and welcome to episode 3 of a Grim Podcast. I'm Sophie. Let me ask you a question. Do you think fairy tales are for children? Hans Christian Andersen and the Brothers Grimm certainly didn't. They wrote fairy tales but added a twist from what we now know to be child-appropriate, as in gore and darkness. So naturally, I'm going to be reading these stories. First, we'll be exploring the story of Briar Rose, something by the Brothers Grimm. Then I'll read A Real Princess, a piece by Hans Christian Andersen. So, let's read! A king and queen, once upon a time, reigned in a country, a great way off, where there were, in those days, fairies. Now this king and queen had plenty of money, and plenty of fine clothes to wear, and plenty of good things to eat and drink, and a coach to ride out in every day. But though they had been married many years, they had no children, and this grieved them very much indeed. But one day, as the queen was walking by the side of the river, at the bottom of the garden she saw a poor little fish that had thrown itself out of the water and lay gasping and nearly dead on the bank. Then the queen took pity on the little fish and threw it back again into the river, and before it swam away, it lifted its head out of the water and said, I know what your wishes and shall be fulfilled in return for your kindness to me. You will soon have a daughter. What the little fish had foretold soon came to pass, and the queen had a little girl, so very beautiful that the king could not cease looking on it for joy, and he said he would hold a great feast and make merry and show the child to all the land. So he asked his kinsmen and nobles and friends and neighbors, but the queen said, I will have the fairies also, that they might be kind and good to our little daughter. Now there were thirteen fairies in the kingdom, but as the king and queen had only twelve golden dishes for them to eat out of, they were forced to leave out one of the fairies without asking her. So twelve fairies came, each with a high red cap on her head, and red shoes with high heels on her feet, and a long white wand in her hand. And after the feast was over, they gathered round in a ring and gave all their gifts to the little princess. One gave her goodness, another beauty, another riches, and so on, till she had all that was good in the world. Just as eleven of them had done blessing her, a great noise was heard in the courtyard, and word was brought that the thirteenth fairy was come, with a black cap on her head, and black shoes on her feet, and a broomstick in her hand, and pleasant. Presently, she came up to the dining hall. Now, as she had not been asked to the feast, she was very angry, and scolded the king and queen very much, and set out to work to take her revenge. So she cried out, The king's daughter shall, in her fifteenth year, be wounded by a spindle, and fall down dead. Then the twelfth of the fairy, friendly fairies, who had not yet given her gift, came forward and said that the evil wish must be fulfilled so that she could soften its mischief. So her gift was that the king's daughter, when the spindle wounded her, should not really die, but should only fall asleep for a hundred years. However, the king hoped still to save his dear child altogether from the threatened evil. So he ordered all that all the spindles in the kingdom should be bought up and burned. But all the gifts of the first eleven fairies were in the meantime fulfilled, for the princess was so beautiful and well-behaved and good and wise that everyone knew her loved her. 
it happened that on the very day she was fifteen years old the king and queen were not at home and she was left alone in the palace so she roved about by herself and looked at all the rooms and chambers till at last she came to an old tower to which there was a narrow staircase ending with a little door in the door there was a golden key and when she turned it the door sprang open and there sat an old lady spinning away very busily why how now good mother said the princess what are you doing here spinning said the old lady and nodded her head humming a little tune while buzz went the wheel how prettily that little thing turns round said the princess and took the spindle and began to try to spin but scarcely had she touched it before the fairy's prophecy was revealed the spindle had wounded her and she fell down lifeless on the ground however she was not dead but had only fallen into a deep sleep and the king and queen who had just come home and all their court fell asleep too and the horses slept in the stables and the dogs in the court and the pigeons on the housetop and the very flies slept upon the walls even the fire on the hearth left off blazing and went to sleep the jack stopped and the spit that was turning about with a goose upon it for the king's dinner had stood still and the cook who was at the moment pulling the kitchen boy by the hair to give him a box on the ear for something he had done amiss let him go and both fell asleep the butler who was slyly tasting the ale fell asleep with the jug at his lips and thus everything stood still and slept soundly a large hedge of thorns soon grew around the palace and every year it became higher and thicker till at last the old palace was surrounded and hidden so that not even the roof or chimneys could be seen but there went a report through all the land of the beautiful sleeping briar rose for so the king's daughter was called so that from time to time several king's sons came and tried to break through the thicket into the palace this however none of them could ever do all for the thorns and bushes laid hold of them as it were with hands and they were stuck fast and died wretchedly after many many years there came a king's son into that land and an old man told him of the story of the thicket and thorns and how beautiful palace stood behind it and how a wonderful princess called briar rose lay asleep in it with all her court he told too how he had heard from his grandfather that many many princes had come and tried to break through the thicket but that they had all stuck fast in it and died then the young prince said all this shall not frighten me i will go and see the briar rose the old man tried to hinder him but he was bent upon going now that very day the hundred years were ended and as the prince came to the thicket he saw nothing but beautiful flowering shrubs through which he went in with ease and they shut in after him as thick as ever then he came out at last to the palace and there in the court lay the dogs asleep and the horses were standing in the stables and the roof set the pigeons fast asleep with their heads under their wings and when he came into the palace the flies were sleeping on the walls the spit was standing still the butler had the jug of ale at his lips going to drink a draught the maid sat with a fowl in her lap ready to be plucked and the cook in the kitchen was still holding up her hand as if she was going to beat the boy then he went on still farther and all was so still that he could hear every breath he drew still at last he came to the old tower and opened the door of the little room in which briar rose was and there she lay fast asleep on a couch by the window she looked so beautiful that he could not take her eyes off her so he stooped down and gave her a kiss 
but the moment he kissed her, she opened her eyes and awoke, and smiled upon him, and they went out together, and soon the king and queen also awoke, and all the court, and gazed on each other with the great wonder. And the horses shook themselves, and the dogs jumped up and barked, the pigeons took their heads out from under their wings, and looked about, and flew into the field. The flies on the walls buzzed again, the fire in the kitchen blazed up, round went the jack, and round went the spit, for the goose and the king's dinner upon it. The butler finished his draught of ale, the maid went on plucking the fowl, and the cook gave the boy the box on his ear. And then the prince and Briar Rose were married, and the wedding feast was given, and they lived happily together all their lives long. So, now that we've read Briar Rose, let's continue on to the real princess. There was once a prince who wished to marry a princess, but then she must be a real princess. He traveled all over the world in hopes of finding such a lady, but there was always something wrong. Princesses he had found in plenty, but whether they were real princesses, it was impossible for him to decide, for now one thing, now another, seemed to him not quite right about the ladies. At last he returned to his palace quite cast down, because he wished so much to have a real princess for his wife. One evening a fearful tempest arose. It thundered and lightened, and the rain poured down from the sky in torrents. Besides, it was all as dark as pitch. All at once there was heard a violent knocking at the door, and the old king, the prince's father, went out himself to open it. It was a princess who was standing outside the door. What with the rain and wind, she was in a sad condition. The water trickled down from her hair, and her clothes clung to her body. She said she was a real princess. Ah, we shall soon see that, said the old queen mother. However, she said not a word of what she was going to do, but went quietly into the bedroom, took all the bedclothes off the bed, and put three little peas on the bedstead. Then she laid twenty mattresses upon each other over the three peas, and put twenty feather beds over the mattresses. Upon this bed, the princess was to pass the night. The next morning, she was asked how she had slept. Oh, very badly indeed, she replied. I have scarcely closed my eyes the whole night through. I do not know what was in my bed, but I had something hard under me, and I am all over black and blue. It has hurt me so much. Now it was plain that the lady must be a real princess, since she had been able to feel the three little peas under the twenty mattresses and twenty feather beds. None but a real princess could have had such a delicate sense of feeling. The prince accordingly made her his wife, now being now convinced that he had found a real princess. The three peas were, however, put into the cabinet of curiosities, where they are all to be seen, provided they are not lost. Wasn't this lady of a real delicacy? Well, that brings this episode to an end. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Till our next adventure. Bye, Grimlings.